You are listening to the podcast of Richland Hills Baptist Church. We are located in Richland Hills, Texas. Our desire here is to believe, live, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you're listening to our podcast today, if you have any questions, you can find us on the web at richlandhillsbc.com. God bless you. If you have your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll be starting at verse 1, and we're focusing in on verse 9 or so, so if you have, again, open your Bible, if you need a pew Bible, it's in front of you. And there's several things that I want us to look at this morning, but I want us to consider that our theology, what we believe as Christians, what we say that we profess, it fuels our actions, doesn't it? So if you say you believe something, it should, if you really believe it, it should fuel how you live. And we saw that quite a bit in the book of James, didn't we? And if you say you believe, then here are the things that you're going to do. Faith without works is dead. Remember, James talked about that. So your life, your actions... Things that you do in this world tell, a, tell something very deeply about your heart. What you believe. It's checking the pulse of your faith. And there's so many things that you can look at about what that means. What actions. This morning I want us to consider the idea of giving. How many people say, oh no, here we go. Giving, money. And in fact, in some ways, you could say, Pastor, is this the best time of year to ask or talk about giving? Because, you know, we're, we're asked in December to give quite a bit, aren't we? Everywhere you go, there's a request to give. And even, I mean, we have the Lottie Moon and church and then out in the community. There's all sorts of things. And then your family, they, they like gifts. And so you were sort of squeezed. But in many ways, this is the perfect time. This morning, we're going to vote on our budget for 2024. It's important for us to understand that. But then it's also important for us to understand that there's a deep theological reason why we give. It's very important. So let's, let's begin reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We want you to know, brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So let me interject there. The Apostle Paul was, he, for many years, he was collecting money for the Christians in Jerusalem. They were suffering they were going through difficulty. And so the Apostle Paul, he'd go to different churches and different places, and he would collect money and funds to help support these suffering believers. And so this was a continual thing that Paul did. And then he speaks about the churches of Macedonia. For example, one of them would be Philippi. 
They were known for their sacrificial giving. They were known to give even in their, in their need, they gave. And he's extolling the virtues of these churches that were giving. Now, the Corinthian church, Paul had to scold them, and for many reasons. And so here he's saying, listen, we want you to know about the grace of God that's, that's been here in these churches in a test of affliction. And in verse 3, For they gave according to their means, of their own accord. Or actually says, according to their own means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine for you know that the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich and in this matter i give my judgment this benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work but also to desire to do it so now finish doing it as well so that your readiness and desire in it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and that your burden, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Let us pray. Father, may you bless your word, the reading of your word, and the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to consider, and we're going to kind of go through some of these fairly quickly, but I want you to see some of the principles of giving that Paul is going to give in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to see some of the things that he's going to say here. What, what does it mean to give? And by giving, again, of course, we mean financially is one part, but then of course we know there's lots of ways to give, but this morning we want to consider the financial giving that Paul's going to Talk about. One, we see that giving was generous. There was a generous giving. The Macedonian Christians, they gave generously. They didn't give just a little bit. They didn't give, well, here's what's left over. Here's, you know, this is just what we can spare. They were generous. They were generous in their Giving, but it was also sacrificial. It was generous because he says here, it says, Listen, they gave according to their means 
and beyond their means. It was a sacrificial giving. There was a sense where they said, okay, here's what we have, and then they went one step past that. There's generosity. There's sacrifice. And so it is for many of you. Generous giving. Sacrificial giving. But then they also saw not only that, but they, they saw the privilege in giving. Now this is where it's probably hard for us, right? They said, listen, they, they were begging us. Paul, let us give. Please let us give to this. We want so badly to give. They, were, they saw the privilege of giving. And again, for many of us, giving is not a privilege. It's, we think of it, so we've got to do it. He says, listen, they were begging. Wanting to be a part of what God does. Think about that for a moment. When you and I, when we give to God's work, when we give our tithes and offerings, we are a part, we have this privilege of being a part of something much bigger than ourselves, right? We're a part of what God's doing here in our community and around the world. The money that we give supports the things we do here. But also the money you give supports the work of God everywhere. And so you're a part of something much bigger than just yourself. You're a part of something that's much bigger than our dollars that we put in. You and I are are supporting and helping God's work. Now does God need our money? Of course not. But God desires us to want to be a part of that work. One of the means God uses is using our financial resources that, remember, He's blessed us with. Everything you have is a blessing from God. Yes, you might have earned it. Yes, you might have earned the paycheck. But guess what? Who gave you the breath in your lungs and the ability to work God did. Who's given you that job? God has. So even though you physically do the work, God has given you the ability. So everything you have is really God's anyway. He's given it to you. It's a privilege. But then we also see that it's a spiritual response. It says, first, they gave themselves first to the Lord. They gave themselves to the Lord. You see, giving, giving is not something that you can manipulate somebody. I guess you can manipulate somebody into doing it, but you shouldn't manipulate somebody into it. Giving is not something that you beat over somebody's head. It's a response. It should be a response When somebody says, listen, God has blessed me. God has done so much in my life. I'm going to respond in giving. Now, unfortunately, there is a lot of manipulation in giving. Unfortunately, there are preachers that are on TV that, again, they twist words and they try to get people's money and you, you need to do this. If you're broke, it's because you haven't given to my ministry. That's not right. It's not right at all. You see, giving should be a spiritual response. 
Not something that we begrudgingly do. Not something that, again, a preacher forces you to do or makes you feel like you have to do. But a desire. But it's also an act of grace. When we give, it's again, it's a picture of God's grace in our life. It's that response. Paul also says it's according to their means. Paul's not expecting everybody to give the same amount, of course. In the same way here, somebody might give a certain amount and then somebody else can give a much larger amount according to their means. According to what God's given you. And so here we see these principles. Generosity, sacrificial, this privilege, a response, the grace, according to our means. And this is the picture that you and I, we have as, a, as a members here, Richland Hills Baptist, as people that come, we are called to give to support God's work. Now I want us to then get into the practical. That's the principle. And what's the practical? Why? Why do we give to a local church? Why don't we just give to wonderful charities that are out there? And they're great ones. And we can give to those. And as you have, you can. You should. But why do we give to a local church? What's the, what's the purpose for giving to a church? This is your church. Why would we want you to give here? So I want us to think about what a church does for a minute. What's the purpose of a church? Are we a club? Are we an entertainment venue? No. We're a mission outpost. Our church is here as a mission outpost. We are a church on mission. The reason we exist is because God has placed a church to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We exist as a place where the gospel will spread in Richland Hills, Texas. So that is, that's the reason we're here. All the other things we do, first and primary reason that we exist, and if we ever forget that, then we're in trouble. We give, we, we are here for the spread of the gospel. That is always our purpose. That's our mission statement. We don't need some really clever mission statement. Our mission statement is to spread the gospel, the Great Commission. And so when we give then, we are giving for that person. We are giving. When you give your money, and I give my money, we're giving so that it all comes together and we can fulfill our part of the Great Commission. So let's talk practically. Every money that you give, our church, we give 10%. We tithe. We give 10% of all the money we bring in every year, and we give 10% to the, the Baptist work. So it goes to our state convention. I know this, we're really getting into the specifics, but I want you to know. The money goes to our Baptist state convention. 
and then they and it goes to the work that they do, and then they send a large portion of it to the Southern Baptists, to the cooperative program. We cooperate with other churches. And then that money is then utilized in ways to fulfill the Great Commission. Missionaries, international and North American. Seminaries. Different areas. There's different programs and different things, again, to fulfill the Great Commission. So your money actually goes to that work. I have a friend. You, you, we know him. Trey Fleming and his family. They're in Japan as missionaries supported by the money we give. I was able to go to seminary because people, again, gave. Or others, many of us were able to go to seminary because churches gave to the work. And so your money goes to that. So the more we give, the more that percentage is. That's how we give. But then that, the money that you give also goes to our budget. And in there we, have, we desire to do outreach programs. Good News Club. Vacation Bible School is a big outreach. Our weekend food bags that we prepare. And we're always looking and praying, what are some other things we can do? We, when our city has their event and the trick-or-treat all these things we give, that when we give money, we can do more outreach. And we mentioned VBS, our biggest outreach of the year. The money you give supports that. I'm going to include this in the Great Commission. The money we give helps us to stream our services online. Our messages go outside of this church. Guess what? It costs money to do that. Did you know that? You buy cameras, and you have to have a, a license to do it that you pay yearly. I mean, it's all these things, computers, cost money. But it's an outreach. There's people around the world that can watch our broadcast, hear about Jesus. It's a mission. Then another part of that, those books that you get in Sunday school, they cost money. We want to do that because it helps you to grow. The, the magazines out there and the men's devotional, ladies' devotional, and the open windows devotional, all discipleship things, guess what? They cost money. And so your money goes to help us as a church. We could provide that for you and others. And I love that, and I'll say about Miss Ann over here, Guess what? Miss Ann will take some of those devotionals to different people. It's an outreach. You can do that too. It's a way to, again, to be encourage somebody else. So we have literature. Discipleship, or there's other literature too. Again, we mentioned magazines and maybe discipleship stuff. We look, again, look for ways. How do we build up people? How do we teach people about Christ? Under discipleship would be our children's programming. Costs money to have a children's program. You have supplies and you have, again, sometimes you do snacks. You do things to help children learn in a way that's appropriate. Activities. All of these things, again, they cost money. 
We've had ladies classes in the past and men's we want we want to do more and that's what we got to see is that the more we have and provide the more we can do so we see the mission's purpose of giving then they also see the discipleship but then lastly i want us to see the practical real nuts and bolts of a church there are things that you have to pay for we like air condition in the summer, don't we? We like heat in the winter, don't we? Guess what? We also have an electric bill like you do at home. We have a gas bill. We have a water bill. And with that water bill, we have another big drainage bill. There's money. It costs to run a church. Thousands and thousands of dollars. When it's hot, remember, your bill went up at home? Guess what? Our bill went up here too. Cost more. And so there's just these, just the basic things, the things that it takes to run your house, it runs our church, or takes to run our church. So there's utilities. Utilities go up, don't they? We have staff, salaries. I'm very thankful that you do that very generously. But guess what? You have, that's a part of it. You have staff. People that help. We have Beverly in the office. Joseph. Myself. Robbie. We Miss Charlotte. I and mean, we have others. There's Ellie. We have people, staff to help us function and do things. It costs money. Phones and internet. Things we don't, again, you don't think about it. But it all costs. Who has insurance at your house? Guess what? We have insurance. Now, I want to tell you this because I, I think you need to know. In 2019, we budgeted as a church $25,499 for insurance. In 2024, we have to budget $57,800. That is a 126% increase in five years. 25,000 to 57,000. Think, and that's what we, again, since I've been here, that's the increase 126% in what we budget. That, that affects us. And guess what? It's going to go up next year. And in two years, they said, be prepared, it's going to go up even more. And so we, we, are, we deal with that just like, again, we do in our home. There's maintenance. We have an old building. Things break. You've got to change light bulbs. You have to fix things. You have to do. And we want to do more of that because there's areas in our building that are, again, really need to be fixed. That sign out front costs money. Getting stripes in the parking lot, money. Painting, money. I know you know all this, I know you do, and of course we do, but it's just a reminder that it's so easy to come into a church and not really think about it. But it's all very practical. And so when you give, it allows the church to keep its doors open and keep fulfilling its mission. But we have to be faithful. We have to be faithful to do that. 
And so my prayer is, as we consider this, just ask yourself, am I giving? But here's the big thing I want you to see. Because again, all that's really practical and it's easy to get lost in that. But there's a, remember I said in the beginning that there's something that fuels our giving. There's theology. Verse 9 of that passage. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, by His poverty, might become rich. Here's why we give. We give because Jesus Christ gave His life. We give because you and I are sinful people separated from a holy God. And Jesus Christ, He came and He shed His blood on a cross to die on a cross for our sins. Not because we deserved it, but out of His grace. And so we give because of His great giving. I mean, think about what He did. Jesus left heaven, He left eternity at the right hand of the Father, and He steps into humanity as we celebrate in Christmas. The riches of heaven, He he left all of that, and He came into this broken, impoverished world compared to heaven. And He gave sacrificially on a cross a painful, horrific Death, but even beyond that, he celebrated the separation of God. And that's what Jesus has did. And so Paul's saying, he's saying, listen, your little giving is nothing compared to what Jesus has given. And so when you give, you're saying, listen, thank you, Jesus, for what you've given me. Thank you. And this morning, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and we're going to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus in His body, in His blood. And that's the hope and message that we have. Listen, church, it's that message that's the most important thing. And we have to always share this message. I saw one time at church, they were looking for a pastor. And in the list of things, pastor's got to preach. But we don't want evangelistic messages they put in there. Then what's the point? You see, we always, even to us even as believers because listen the reason sometimes you might say well pastor we talk about that a lot because it fuels everything what jesus has done is supposed to fuel your life you're never supposed to get over it and get past it and move on yes we grow in our understanding and we have again we try to understand the richness of the bible but we don't give up get over the gospel Because He gave everything. He gave so that we can give. And I will tell you this. That as we give, God is faithful. 
And God provides all of our needs just as He provided for Jesus. And many of you have stories after story after story about how you gave and God was faithful in your giving. God is faithful. And so I want you to remember the great hope that we have through Jesus Christ. We're going to be good stewards of the money God has given us. I'm not going out and buying a private jet or Mercedes Benz or something. I'm not using the money to, again, to enrich myself. We're not going out buying things just because and just, again, recklessly. No, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. And I believe this church through the years has, again, practiced that very well. We cut where we need to cut. We kind of beef up where we need to, but we try to consider how can we be good stewards. But how can we all be good stewards? of the money that God's given us. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for, Lord, the, the reality that Jesus has given us everything we need. We thank You for the hope of the Gospel. Lord, that if we will put our trust in Christ, if we will believe in Jesus, we can have eternal life with Him. So Lord, I pray that You would, Lord, show us the depth of His sacrifice. And Lord, may You touch our hearts this morning and may we consider our giving. May we consider, Lord, how we should respond. I pray for each person, Lord, that you would put in our hearts, Lord, how we should give faithfully to your work. Lord, show us. In Jesus' name, amen.